0: This is The Alternative Edge, home of KBVU Podcasts. Mic check, one, two, three. (laughs) Let's get positive. How is it going, everyone? I'm Joshua Tigges, and thank you for listening to The Positive Point, a podcast where I try to shed some light into your world. To kick off season two, I think it's important that we take time to be grateful for everything in our lives. Having gratitude will undoubtedly help you to become more optimistic and have an overall positive attitude. I hope you were able to discover that through this episode, because like I've mentioned last season, sometimes it all comes down to the perspective that you have toward situations. Be grateful for all of your blessings, even if they're small. Having gratitude is something that I've noticed has been slipping from the mindset of our society and it has led us down a dark road. I hope after you listen to this episode that you're able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and discover that it all comes back to your attitude. Catherine is someone who helped me recognize this years ago and ever since I've been working to shift that mindset that I've had. Being the campus minister at the high school that I went to her office was a place that I could go to escape anything that was happening during my day. And she was, and still is, willing to lend an ear whenever someone needs it. I hope you enjoy this episode with her because she is truly one of the most inspirational and influential people I have ever had in my life. So, without further ado, allow yourself to escape from your life for a little while and enjoy this episode with Catherine. Welcome to season two of the positive point and I'm doing something a little different right now. Instead of sitting down to record, I'm actually standing up and I have Catherine right here with me and we've already talked for a little while and I can tell standing up is definitely a lot better for me (laughs) because anyone who knows knows that I like to be on stage and perform and this kind of gives me that sense again. But anyways, Catherine, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for agreeing to come on.
1: Hi, Josh. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I've been listening to your podcast and it's, it's really great, so I'm happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. And yeah, just first off, it's really nice to see you again. And if I'm going to be honest for a second, I have really missed just popping mm-hmm. into your office and plopping down and having a random conversation about anything.
1: Yeah, me too. It's, it's been a little while and I always I always miss my students when they're off doing their thing at college, but it sure is fun to see where life takes you guys and to see how, how well you're doing.
0: Yeah. So I mentioned in the introduction that you're a campus minister, and mm-hmm. some people might not know what that is. So do you want to mm-hmm. kind of describe what your job is and kind of what it all entails, what you all do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you guys probably know Josh went to Kemper Catholic High School, uh, which is, of course, a Catholic school. Um, so, they take religion classes. Uh, they learn about faith, the faith, the Catholic faith, about Jesus. And I was hired really to help the Kemper students take the faith that they're learning in the classroom and sort of apply it to their daily lives. And so, one of my main responsibilities is to do retreats. Uh, each grade level has their own class retreat. And then uh, we also have the Kairos retreat and different. Uh, conferences like Steubenville or Rekindle that students can attend, all really with the purpose of building up that faith that they have and then um, applying the technical knowledge that they learned in religion and theology classrooms and applying it to their everyday life. So Josh and I got to know each other. He was in my homeroom his sophomore year, and uh, which was my first year working at Kemper. And so we kind of have been buds ever since. He's helped out with a lot of faith opportunities at Kemper. And yeah, it's just been, been great being able to serve God through my ministry at Kemper.
0: I guess I really didn't recognize that your main job was to apply what we learned in the classroom to our actual lives. But looking back, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm because throughout grade school and middle school, learning all about our faith. But then high school, we kind of got there in freshman year. It was still kind of the same thing of just going through the motions. But then you came and campus ministry was really first introduced to us. And that's when kind of everything began to click because Mm. we learned this stuff in the classroom. But now we were able to have these opportunities and go out and express it and learn more on our own.
1: Right. It's the opportunity to serve and to like experience a relationship with God, which you probably had those opportunities when you were younger in the grade school, but the fact that you're becoming more of an adult in high school, you're growing up. And I feel at least for me, my experience when I was younger, that's when my faith started to mean something a little bit more when it turned into a real relationship and not just like you said, Joshua, going through the motion, Yeah, and it's been great work, and I always love to experience the faith with students, and that's that's been an awesome blessing in my life.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm kind of curious, so like campus ministry, that's mm-hmm. something that I didn't hear about or haven't mm-hmm. heard about until you kind of came into school, and mm-hmm. a campus min- minister was introduced to us, so how did you learn about campus ministry, and kind of how did you get into that?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to start with when I was in high school. I really had kind of a conversion to my faith and uh, when I was a junior, I think, in high school, the summer before my junior year. Uh, I was on a retreat that was led by college students, so people your age, Josh, and I just saw those college students living out their faith and showing their faith to us, the high schoolers on the retreat, in a way that was so inspiring to me. And on that retreat, I was, of course, thinking, what do I want to do with my life? How do I want to use my gifts and talents? Where do I want to go to school? And at the end of that week long retreat, it was called Franciscan Lead. I realized the one thing that I loved enough to invest all of my energy in that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life was growing in my faith and helping other people grow in their faith. So I decided to go to school at Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, one of your previous podcast, um, podcast interview people, uh, Angela, she goes to Benedictine. So I decided to go to school there and study theology more and to learn more about my faith and discover what my, my employment opportunities would be if I wanted to invest in my faith like that. And that's where I got involved with campus ministry. Campus ministry at Benedictine was humongous. Uh, There were several different ministry teams service, retreat teams, teams that help out with masks, they call them chapel team, hospitality team, all these different ministry teams. And I wanted to be a part of that. And so all four years of college, I was a part of campus ministry. And as it came time for me to graduate, I had a sense that high school, (laughs) high school ministry is what I was being called to. I visited Kemper and uh, there was another high school that I visited, and while I was walking the halls of the high school, I just had this like sense, like, oh, this is this is right. This is this feels like where I need to be. And so, campus ministry. A lot of colleges have campus ministry programs, but not a ton of high schools do. And so, uh, I was actually the first full time campus minister at Kemper. Father Brian Feller and I kind of constructed the position together. But yeah, that's sorry if that was a, a bit of a long answer, but that's kind of where. It, I kind of just followed the next step. Like I made the next right decision that led me to campus ministry, but I first heard about it in college. And that's when I kind of realized, okay, this is being a high school campus minister sounds like the next right thing for me. And who knows what the next step is, but campus ministry right now is just where God wants me.
0: Yeah, And you brought up a couple of really good things too, that I can attest in my own life is by seeing people live out their faith, they inspire others around them. And Mm -hmm. like I said, I can attest to that not only because of you, but because of the retreats that you have helped lead throughout high school. It's by seeing people either a little older than me or about the same age of me living out their own life, I'm inspired to go kind of seek that fire and kind of find that burning love that they have.
1: Yeah, that's the witness of another young person is the best form of evangelization.
0: The thing that I really love about faith is it's kind of like a lifeline where it's something that you can always fall back on. Of course, mm-hmm. we don't only want to use it when we have to fall back on it, Yeah. but it's something that will always be there for you and your beliefs will always hold true and they can truly help you through whatever it is you're experiencing.
1: Definitely. And that's honestly having that something stable in your life that you can lean on uh, is so important because when it comes to it, all of us at the end of the day, sorry, don't mean to get dark here, but at the end of the day, all of us will be passing on from this life. And that's something that has to give us a little bit of perspective. Like what what is meaningful to me? What is stable in my life? What is going to help me through the good times and the bad times? So uh, that's just something that I've been reflecting on throughout all of the drama of 2020 times aren't always good so what helps me through the bad times and the answer for me is my faith and not everyone has a relationship with god and not everyone believes in god and that's that's okay but even for them we need to know what is getting us through what is my rock what what can i lean on and to me that's how i find my way to the good life <laughs> that's how i have a good life is by relying on God and knowing what's important.
0: Yeah. And I think we can kind of all wrap this into the topic that we're talking (laughs) about today with our faith and trying to find some stability is with gratitude. It's, It's really a simple thing to ask why something's happening to us or why things played out a certain way. And it's really hard to step back and say, thank you or step back and realize what you gained through maybe a really challenging experience
1: for sure. Yeah. That's, that's definitely true. Like gratitude gives us such a, a different perspective. I actually was thinking, uh, as we were preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about this quote that, uh, goes around a lot. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you thanked God for yesterday, or that you were grateful for yesterday? I think about that a lot. And just as I was thinking, preparing for this podcast, I was thinking, wow, what if I, what if I did? Have I been grateful? But even if I was grateful, those things that I'm grateful for could pass away. If I woke up tomorrow with nothing, could I still be grateful even then? And that, I don't know if that, that seems kind of confusing, but uh, do you mind if I share a little story, Josh, about a song that, a, a song that I really like called It Is Well. I'm going to go on a little tangent, but is that okay?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: All right. So there's this beautiful song called It Is Well. I got to pull up my notes because I can't remember the guy's name who wrote it, but I'll, I'll just begin telling the story. This is straight off of Wikipedia, by the way, very academic. So <laughs> uh, so this man named Horatio Spafford, I believe he had a really hard life. He was married and I think he had three kids or four kids. One uh, during the great Chicago fire, he lost his little boy uh, and he ha- was having a lot of financial difficulty during that time. And I don't know if he wanted to go on a vacation or what was going on, but he and his family were going to sail to Europe. So his wife and two daughters, I believe, and himself were scheduled to sail across the sea and go to Europe. But something with his company like held him up. He had to stay behind. So his wife and children went ahead of him. During their travels, there was an accident. Their ship wrecked into another ship and his daughters passed away. Uh, his wife was able to survive and she sent him a telegram saved alone is what she said. Of course he's crushed, right? He's over back in America by himself. Uh, His wife is in Europe. He just lost all of his children. They all, uh, his little boy in the fire and his daughters in the crash. And so he hopped on a boat and was sailed over to Europe. And as they were passing over the place where his daughters, where the accident had happened and his daughters had passed away, the captain let him know But in the midst of that, instead of agonizing pain, which I'm sure he felt, instead of despair, instead of like anger at God, he wrote this song, It Is Well. And I'm just going to read you the first verse. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And the song goes on to describe this sense of inner peace that he experienced in the midst of that pain. And that just seems so shocking to me. Like if I woke up with nothing tomorrow, could I be grateful to God? Could I have that peace? And that's, I don't know, that's a journey I'm on, Josh. I don't know how I would, but wow, that's a peace that I want to have. And I believe that peace is found when he can look back on his life and be grateful for that relationship that he had with those children, for the relationship with his wife, and knowing that he'll see them again in heaven. So uh, that's just something that kept coming to me as I was thinking about this topic. Can I be grateful even in the midst of bad times?
0: Yeah, exactly. That is a beautiful story. And it kind of all goes back to what Michael mentioned in season one. His little favorite quote was, having the attitude of gratitude Mm -hmm. and simply just that and working to truly shift that mindset will bring, like you said, that inner peace within ourselves to kind of see the full picture of situations. And even Mm -hmm. when there are hard times and we do feel a bunch of sorrow and grief, just being able to be thankful for what you do have and even the past memories that you were able to make with people.
1: Right. For sure. Just a little bit more about me i'll share uh so i got married in 2019 uh josh came and danced at my wedding thanks josh lots of fun (laughs) uh and me and my husband just had our first baby girl in november and her name's maria she's perfect little baby Uh, you may have heard her crying in the background she's with her dad right now but when she was born she had a condition called meconium aspiration so she basically pooped in the womb and then inhaled it when she was born. So there was essentially poop in her lungs, which causes a lot of issues with breathing. And so she was transferred to the NICU. So she was born and immediately they swept her away and had to work on her lungs and try to get her breathing again. And she was breathing, but not well. So they had to hook her up to oxygen and all this stuff and end up being lighted to the NICU. Those first 24 hours really challenged my like gratitude, you know, like we didn't know what would happen. We didn't know that she would be okay. So just what will happen if she's gone? Can I be grateful even still for these moments, uh, for the short time that I had with her, you know, the nine months and then a few minutes (laughs) after she was born. And I guess I just want to highlight how we found out she was going to be okay in 24 hours. She was breathing on her own and which, praise God, you know, she's perfectly healthy now, but we did have a week that we had to spend at the NICU. And wow, did people show up for us. People were so generous and just gave financially and emotionally, uh, they gave their time to support us. And it was just the hugest blessing. And throughout that whole painful situation, me and my husband, Ben, like, All we could be was grateful for the support system in our lives. And of course, very hard situation. And I know other people have it a lot worse. There are a lot of moms and dads who left that NICU without their babies. But just being able to practice that gratitude in a hard situation, I think was really good for me. Uh, And I know you, Josh, have gone through hardships in your own life. And I I bet you that gratitude has kind of carried you through hard times too. So I'm still practicing. Uh, I know hard times are all around us. And there's more to come, but with gratitude, can we get through it? And can we rely on that rock, you know, whatever that rock is in our lives, whether it be your faith or your family or whatever it might be that with gratitude, can that get us through those hard times?
0: Yeah. I, I remember scrolling through Facebook that night and seeing your post, And I remember instantly just lifting up a prayer for you guys. And my family was always praying for you every night and I just have to say I'm so happy that things worked out the way they did now Maria healthy little girl Mm -hmm. just all eager and everything to grow up in this wonderful world that we are in even Mm -hmm. though times may seem a little rough as we've experienced with this past year there is still amazing things happening around us all of the time and it really all comes down to that perspective and attitude that people have
1: Yeah. And Josh, you, a senior graduating in 2020, you had your own fair share of opportunities to dwell on the bad things or the things you're missing out on or to not do that. I don't know. How did gratitude help you in that?
0: Yeah. Well, I think one thing that I recognized was instead of wishing, like wishing for things to play out a certain way or wishing that this would have happened instead of this and everything. You mm-hmm. just got to be thankful for what you do have. Because we were so blessed the summer of my graduation to still have a commencement ceremony. Yeah. While it was a little limited, we did still get to have that and have that sense of closure. But what I really recognized was it's through wishing that we overshadow the things that we're blessed to have. Like the simple things, being able to get, get up, breathe, go walk, go about our days, quote unquote, normally, Mm-hmm. and everything just that in itself is a blessing to our lives
1: yeah that's so good man there the opportunity to have a bad attitude <laughs> can be so tempting sometimes just to like dwell in the feeling sorry for ourselves you know what I mean just like yeah. I can't believe this habit, keep up that have but man perspective helps and just like being grateful helps so much so
0: Yeah, and I think one thing that really helped me to develop that perspective was my junior year when I went on Mission Honduras, going down and seeing people in a third world country living in poverty, living off of less than a dollar a day, but yet they were still some of the happiest people I've ever seen because they were thankful for what they did have. They were making Mm -hmm. the most of it. And they were willing to let other people come in and offer up their gifts to help them through their struggles.
1: Yeah. And what a gift they gave you in that. So it went both ways. You helped them and they helped you. Yeah. That's so beautiful.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like my dad said, Like materialistically, we gave them a bunch of things, but Mm -hmm. like spiritually and emotionally, they gave us so much more because they first opened our eyes to that perspective. Mm -hmm. And now coming back to this world that we live in, I was able to see what blessings we have to be able to have all this technology, to have all Mm -hmm. this education, to have all these opportunities to dream and achieve those dreams.
1: Man, Josh, you're making me reflect on those gifts that we have of like technology and like education, all that, and see how like, what a gift, but also how easy it is for us to compare ourselves to others. And I think that a lot of times will steal our joy, you know, when we look at what other people have and we say, oh, I don't have that. The classic, so when I was in high school, uh, the social media of my time, Snapchat was coming, but what we really shared on was Facebook. And so we just like looking on Facebook and seeing, like, oh, it's Friday night and this person has cooler plans than me. There was always this pressure when you were doing something cool, you had to post about it so people knew you were cool. It was honestly, just such a pain in the butt. And I'm sure it's still like that in high school now. (laughs) Uh, But that comparison really can be the thief of joy because if my thing isn't cool enough, then I would just mope around and complain that other people were cooler than me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, but it really all comes back to gratitude. Mm Having like the attitude of gratitude. And I have jotted down here that your attitude determines the outcome and it ultimately determines the happiness that you're able to receive through whatever you're doing. So it's kind of like me going into this semester. I really wasn't too excited because I just spent two months at home and I love being home and everything. So I wasn't too optimistic about coming into another semester. And I noticed those first couple of days, I, I was kind of just dwelling on everything and I wasn't performing the way that I knew I could have. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took a step back and just really recognized the opportunities that I have been given here and how I'm really being a thief to my own self by not making the most of that and everything. So it was kind of another realization for me of having the correct attitude heading towards whatever situation you encounter.
1: Definitely, yeah, that's so important. Gratitude, I think is something, it's not just something that you snap your fingers and you're perfect at. You can be grateful for everything. I think it's something we have to practice just like any virtue or any habit You have to build it up like a muscle. You're not going to be super strong first day you work out. You know, you have to start small and kind of go from there. So we can all start by being grateful to the people around us, being thankful to God and then build up. And I think it will become a more central part of our personality, a central part of our attitude. The more we do it, the easier it gets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. And that kind of wraps into the present person here how I think people can apply this to their own life is how it won't be easy to develop that attitude of gratitude, but you have to start small and work your way up. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's like a muscle. We can't just jump into the weight room and bench press 425 pounds. We have to slowly work our way up to that point, And that's exactly what we have to do with gratitude.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. So before we wrap this up, like with all my guests, I have to ask you real quick, what is your favorite quote?
1: So I went with my uh, the quote that I always go back to ever since probably early college. I've loved this quote. It's from a song. Well, it's the title of a song by the Smiths. And the quote is, there is a light that never goes out. And I just love that because it can apply to a lot of different things in your life, especially if you're having a down day, like We kind of talked about a down day, down year, if 2020 was especially hard for you, just knowing like there's a light and it never goes out. What is that light for you? I don't know. For me, it's definitely my faith, my family, my friends, uh, the relationships I have in my life but knowing that there's joy and there's always, there's always a reason to rejoice. There's always a reason to be happy in a very real way, not just a superficial, like fake the smile, you know, like in a very real way, we, there are always things to be grateful for. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that quote. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast and share the kind of realizations that you've had and all your knowledge and everything. I, truly appreciate it. And I know that you have a bunch of wisdom that I'm really thankful that you were able to share today.
1: Well, thank you, Josh. It's been awesome to be here with you.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation that I had with Catherine, because I had so much fun talking to her again. Even as we were talking, thoughts and moments of my life kept flashing through my head. And at those moments, everything clicked. I finally had some gratitude towards those times. So, that has to be the positive point of the podcast for this episode, gratitude. No matter what we're going through in life, there's so much we can be grateful for. The air to breathe, the ability to walk, the social interactions we get to have. Even these small things can make a big difference in our lives, but in order to fully recognize how much of a blessing all of the little things are, we need to be grateful for them. As Michael mentioned in Season 1, in what's been mentioned multiple times in this episode, have the attitude of gratitude, because that truly has the power to shift our lives. Instead of wishing, we're able to turn that into thanksgiving for what we do have. Developing gratitude for what we do have, and making the most of the things that we currently possess, is where we find our happiness. And not only that, but it is where we allow our creative minds to roam free and innovate some situations that we encounter are going to be hard to find a reason to be grateful but i promise you there is always a reason life is constantly beating us down so it's up to us to turn those opportunities into something we can learn from and from there we will learn to have that gratitude for everything that happens people who have next to nothing are happy and they have this thankfulness that i've been talking about so why can't we Sometimes it's as simple as recognizing the little things in our lives, but most of the time, it's to make the most out of what we do have and be thankful for what we currently possess. It's in our wanting desires that we overshadow the blessings that we already have. Develop the attitude of gratitude to be grateful for what you currently have and watch as your life begins to turn into the happy place you've always dreamed of. This week, I challenge you to take a moment to step back and notice a little thing in your life. Heck, maybe it's a tree in your yard, and be grateful for it. In order to develop the attitude of gratitude, we have to start small and work our way up, because being grateful for one of the most challenging things in your life isn't going to be easy. So start small and slowly work your way up to that point. This week, take some time to notice the little things and show your new mindset of gratitude to others. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, feel free to DM me on Twitter at the poi 2 That's the positive POI 2. Or Instagram at the positive point underscore podcast. Or send an email to the positive point podcast at gmail.com to share a random act of kindness or uplifting deed that you did for someone else or they did for you. Or maybe it's something you saw someone else do for another person. Reach out to me and share the story. Who knows? Maybe you will be the next positive point of the podcast. Until next time, this is Joshua Tegas. And remember, keep it positive.